the way that the Stoics sort of, the way they described the, the, what they're doing was to basically become so familiar with these terrible scenarios that if they actually happen, they won't be surprised. Mm-hmm. They 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 won't be surprised. Yeah, they'll have options. Yeah, they've already gone through, which are it's almost like they've done it because they've imagined it in such detail. Yeah, that they'll just act. Yep. Hey guys, welcome to the Overcome Cafe. Tales of mind, body, and relationships. The one and only podcast that serves as a guidepost for driven people trying to reach their goals while keeping a healthy lifestyle. Are you an athlete or a professional who's considered driven but feels that this sometimes comes at a cost? Do you want to reach your goals but want to maintain a healthy lifestyle? Having a purpose and being goal-driven is like a marathon. In sharing our knowledge, we want to encourage folks by helping them build momentum via our collective wisdom. This is the Overcome Cafe, Tales of Mind, Body, and Relationships, with your hosts, Matt Search and L.P. Landry. Hey everyone, LP here. Uh, welcome to this episode of Overcome Cafe, Tales of Mind, Body, and Relationships. And I have to admit, this episode, I've been excited for a while. So as you know, uh, this is a part-time gig. So uh, oftentimes I'll record an episode with Matt and there will be a delay. So what happens in this delay is often that I sort of start thinking about the episode that's not published yet. And I'm like wow, I can't wait for everyone to listen to this one. So when I do the editing part, it's fe- it feels like I'm sort of rediscovering episodes sometimes. So I get a twofer uh, when I do the editing part, which I think is like really cool to have a little bit of distance and reconnect uh, with content that we decided to record. So today's episode is on fear. But as you're going to hear in the episode, it's tough to dissociate fear from anger sometimes because we often mislabel them. Um, In the field of psychotherapy, people tell me, I'm afraid, LP. And when you listen to the content, to what everything, um, everything that's shared by the person, we hear that there might be anger. And in fact, I'm very uncomfortable with that anger. So today's episode is not about anger, but it, it is about fear. And we you're going to hear um, clear distinctions between fear and anger on this episode. And as usual, Matt's um, knowledge and wisdom is so beneficial to, um, to our... I don't know. There's something in what Matt shares that makes it so practical, but also evokes many more questions uh, at the same time. So I think that's the content of a great conversation where we start somewhere and along the way we discover maybe things we didn't uh, consider before. I hope that for, for all of you out there that are anticipating doing events or are getting ready for a big project at work, this conversation between Matt and us can probably give a bunch of solutions and ideas on a path that you might be able to take. So welcome to Overcome Cafe, Tales of Mind, Body, and Relationships. (laughs) So how are you, Matt? Tired, but otherwise good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've been 
talking about his nose a lot today. Matt has broke his nose. Yeah, broke my nose. Fat biking in the Laurentians with friends. Beautiful day. Classic. <laughs> Typical. Of course. Hey, it's such a great day. And then, you know, just awesome. something goes kind of bizarre. And and land, uh, land face first in a tree. Like, look, mom, no hands. Just face. Mm. 20 kilometers an hour. Mm. And uh, broke my nose. So we were talking about uh, maybe eventually doing an episode on where to look on the bike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and well, we won't get into it today, but, but whenever you, well, when, whenever I crash, Mm -hmm. I want to figure out as soon as I can why I crash so that I don't have to be afraid. Yeah. um, uh, Going into the future of, of the same thing happening and not knowing why not being able to prevent it, you know. Totally. So if it's if it's something that happens, it's, if it's if it's a bike failure, bike breaks, yeah, and it feels random in the moment. It's not random. Like nope. there's always a sequence of events, so you kind of chase that down. Yeah. Um, if it's a handling thing that only involves you, you got to ask yourself what was the sequence of events, <laughs> right? And and you learn a lot from that. So we can get into that uh, on on the fear topic. In this yeah. case, it was a matter of looking because we had a weird there's a i've ridden this trail before actually um it's near saint uh, saint uh, adele there's two trees and a split in the trail okay. the trail goes around it goes like right around the trees and then left and it also goes left around the trees and then a harder a harder left so sorry right around like it forks left and right and <laughs> yeah. the, the as you approach it you you see this the split yeah. around the trees yeah and then you make a decision and the decision to go left would be weird mm-hmm. um but the decision to go right i think if you don't ride this regularly maybe comes a little late yeah so you say oh okay right but there's actually a, a big rut in the snow okay because they machine groom that okay. those trails and people don't walk those trails or snowshoe mm-hmm. those trails so they're machine groomed and um that grooming isn't very hard packed. Yeah. So the fat bike tires, uh, when they go up and down for different reasons, going up under power, they can sort of create a trough, like a rut going down. People ride the rut and they slide in it. Yeah. Especially some riders sit on the top tube to go around turns <laughs> because they, they don't have a dropper seat post. And so it's a deep rut. And if you come into the rut, mm. if you enter it sort of at the start and you're leaning, you're already leaning on the inside then you're kind of in it and you're okay. Yeah. If you come into it uh, a little bit to, toward the outside of the turn and then you try to turn into it, what happens is as you try to lean in, your front tire actually kind of rides up on the edge of the rut mm-hmm. and then skates like across it. It yeah. just sort of, it, it creates zero grip and your front wheel just starts sliding and there's nothing you can do. There's oh. nothing you can do. You can't. There's no, no. You can't move your body in a different place. All you could really do would be bail, try to bail off the back of the bike. Yeah. But that's a. That's not something we do. Mm-hmm. We don't. We we don't do that. Like yeah. you don't. If you do that mountain biking, you're in big trouble. Yeah. Unless you're in the air, you can yeah. you can ditch a bike in the dirt air. jumping. Yeah. In the air, you yeah. kind of throw of it course. forward or throw of it course. behind yeah. you. But in mountain biking. Jumping off the back of your bike normally be like catastrophic, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this case, yeah, the front tire kind of went one way, body was still going the other way and, uh, and just straight face into, into tree that's whatever, eight inches in diameter. So that, Ooh. that was, 
Yeah, the, that moment when you're feeling your face smashing and you're wondering, are these teeth going to be in, you know, attached mm -hmm. and everything else. And then there's the yeah. immediate check yourself moment. Well, like I couldn't even open my eyes for a while. Are and, you kidding me? Just so oh, much, so yeah, so blasted yeah, yeah. that I couldn't open my eyes. Just sitting there with my eyes closed, and uh, and then trying to trying to feel like because it's your you're you're kind of numb. Trying to feel like are yeah, my yeah. teeth are okay. Yeah, that was my number one concern. Yeah, and the system does that automatically. That's dissociation, cloud. I guess yeah, totally yeah. and useful dissociation. And dissociation is not always yeah. about trauma. Well. Psychological trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Physical well, trauma can do that as well. Good point. Because in the state of nature, you'd, you know, if you lost your teeth, you'd want to get them, right? Yeah. And like put, make them into a weapon. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> You're not going to stick them back in your head, I don't think, with some bark and some, some moss. But no. You could, you could fashion them into, yeah. a, into a club. A right of A better club. Yeah. A right of passage. Yeah. It's like just yeah, just hammer Man. them into the wood, and you've got something extra gnarly. Extra gnarly for next time. Just so we can video videotape that, and actually <laughs> taping, <laughs> taping. I'm anyway. I've just dated myself. Yeah. So but anyway, I'm glad so that, that you're that. feeling better. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't notice my my broken face when I'm riding. That's cool because the first couple rides, uh, I had to ride out four kilometers on the trail and, oh, and some road, which yeah. wasn't. You know, of course, it's not going to be pleasant. But the guys I was with were, were, you know, as helpful and supportive as they could, anyone could possibly be. Totally. And, uh, and then we bandaged me up and as well as we could and uh, had some food and then headed home. So, um, yeah, then first couple of rides felt pretty scary because mm -hmm. you're just concerned you're going to fall for any reason. And also um, riding on a, on a road bike for the first time outside yeah. since uh, late December. Yeah. That's the first time in more than 10 years that I've been off a road bike outside for that long. Wow. Yeah. I've always been on road bikes in the winter. You've really enjoyed the fat biking this year. Yeah. This was 100% it was funny. 100 fat bike for the whole winter outside mm -hmm. and only trainer uh, inside. And that went great. So yeah, it felt bizarre to ride the road bike. Absolutely bizarre. I know. And scary. Yeah. It felt scary. Yeah. Uh, on, on theme. And I was thinking, man, these folks who get off Swift and then go into their first race, it does happen. That is crazy. Like me today, going on my first ride. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm so stronger on Swift. What happened to all those that strength? And then it helped me realize this. Is, oh, there's technique too. And there's wind and there's aerodynamics and there's real life. And there's my heartbeat going at 170. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's, it's different. not the same. I'm no. sorry, Zwift. I, I'm breaking up with you. I decided that I'm breaking up with Zwift today. Uh, for the rest of the... It's not you, it's for me. The year. Yeah, for the rest of the year. Until, well, until December-ish. Because usually I tend, and I was saying earlier, like this year was a rougher year for me because I didn't do any... Ex exterior activities so emotionally i could understand a little bit better some of the things mm -hmm. like seasonal depression is not fake it's a real no. thing if you isolate more even though you're training it can be something but it's a trigger yeah it's a trigger like if you stay inside for extended periods of time it's not good no i don't know how people do it yeah 
and the hats off to people who actually manage that very well yep so everyone's different everyone is different but i guess we're outside cats so yeah swift it's not you it's me thank you for the great ride <laughs> but i am breaking up with you officially today over yeah. our podcast yeah and sponsored yeah. by zwift <laughs> yeah. it, it, it not to go down the rabbit hole but it mm-hmm. does that does remind me of um typical sort of science fiction uh movie film trope you could say trope, uh, trope you i know, never watched it no 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 trope is it's, oh sorry it's the it's the sort of mode of of representation uh, a trope. Yeah, oh, okay. like, oh yes uh, yes yeah. okay sorry so, i had to say it in french so science fiction movies that are in, set in the future yeah right, uh very often you'll see like the 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 physical space will be just technology right It'll totally be like a mega cities like totally mega mega cities no natural life anywhere yeah right just metal that's it and and lights oh. right and it's like this is this is where we're at And it, you know, sometimes dystopian, other times utopian. Yeah. In in I think it's one of the Star Wars movies. There's a planet that's all city. Hmm. And I I watched this with my son recently. Which and Star I, Wars? It's one of the one of the um, the, the prequels. First, yeah, one of the prequels. It might yeah. be the third yeah. one. Um, Revenge of the Sith. I think it's that oh, one. Oh yes, yes, I so, remember. A planet yeah. of just city. And I said to my son, "Well, that's my version of hell." Yeah. Like totally. That, that is that's that's completely that's so crazy like that would be that would be short short circuit to Man. depression immediately like how can it doesn't add up no um but i so i don't i don't really get it um there, i think there's so there's so much like uh what what we get out of mm. being outside i think in the winter yeah even though people would be surprised is is just there's so much um um sur- kind of diversity and surprise mm-hmm. in the environment you know i think it's just you you don't you know what you're getting into totally in a certain way totally. but you're also pleasantly surprised all the time yeah right like you're kind of yeah there we go we're a little closer. now i hear you yeah we're, we're kind of um, sorry man enchanted yeah to to be enchanted isn't 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 like oh i knew everything exactly was gonna unfold and and i'm right That's mm-hmm. not what it is to be enchanted. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what's going on on that I, perception I, level. But and, then there's other stuff going on that's... Sub- and I am doing LP's best not to open that up. Yeah. Because we're, we're talking about something... Our, our theme is something, our topic is something different. Yeah. So But, what's our topic today? What is our topic, so, Matt? Topics, topics fear. Yeah. What even is it? Hmm. Philosophy or psychotherapy first or cycling, which is the common bond? Well, cycling is the common thread. Um, Actually, being human is a common thread. And I was really, and I, I was apologizing. I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a robot. I am not a robot. My heartbeat was telling me I'm not a robot today. But... I was apologizing to Matt earlier because I'm being way affectionate. I haven't, I haven't seen my friend in a while. And we had, last time we met was the Y episode. Met. Yeah. Last time we did something. And I'm like, I'm being like uh, rubbing Matt on the shoulder. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm being affectionate. <laughs> I apologize for being affectionate. Yeah, I usually get. LP. I usually get more like that when I'm injured. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I'm I'm not, I'm at my nicest when I'm like yeah, when I'm injured. So the warrior becomes the lover at that point. I don't know. If I'm a warrior, um You are. The warrior. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, you not get, dominating. Well, if but the real definition of we were talking about stoicism a little bit before. Yeah. But I think um strong hands, soft heart. Yeah, it in wise mind, I would I would hope. That's the aim. Probably what goes on there is something like when you're when you're injured or sick, mm-hmm. you, you're you definitely are going to be relying on other people. Totally. Right? Or maybe like in the case of in my case, friends already had helped me and been, you know, kind with mm-hmm. me. Right, sensitive. Mm-hmm. And and I appreciate that. Totally. You know. And so, you know, you're you're definitely on the receiving end of of kindness. So you kind of you kind of are reflecting it back. It's yeah. a natural thing to do. And are you the type yeah. that when you receive like I know a lot of people, some uh, and it's something I had to work on in my maturing process. Um when you receive kindness, do you feel like a bit shy or do you tend to resist that? Yeah. Like the initial yeah. like, oh, I shouldn't. Not I shouldn't, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty much, yeah. Because yeah. I blame the socialization part for that. I think yeah, we've I been think so. socialized to be a little bit emotionally, uh, emotional closeness is not the rigor anymore. Yeah, the, for sure. So I mean, yeah, sorry, I, I took a rabbit I, hole. Well, I don't know how much I can. It's I'm not. I wanted really to ask you the about, question. Yeah, I'm not so concerned about sort of changing that for myself but on the flip side of it i just try to be positive with other people and commend Mm -hmm. them as much as i can Mm -hmm. so i mean i i'm better at doing that than i am at receiving it so and i I also like going back you know when when we were kids you know you'd be told don't be don't be a show off don't be cocky and those kinds of things yeah so you kind of become hyper aware yeah you know you know like oh i'm not supposed to say i'm good at things or whatever like the false humility yeah which is an humility yeah i know so so but matt is a great receiver i have to admit unlike i gave i gave him a little rub on the shoulder while leaving the room and matt i and i this is so and i'll give you a therapist cheat on this one for a moment this is how i know if people have worked on themselves if they accept other people's affection in a healthy way there i'm not saying like be a whore of affection there (laughs) (laughs) yes i went there yes i went there yeah yeah. inner voice lp inner voice but i've noticed that people who are comfortable receiving um, affection usually have worked on themselves so or 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 didn't need to maybe I think we live in a yeah. continental North American type culture <laughs> Fair enough. where we've neglected yeah. emotions in order to dominate yeah. the business world and the natural world. And I will not open that door more than okay. that. So getting back to fear then. Get, but Okay, finish the thought. Finish the thought because I'll link it to fear, which uh, I think has produced a little bit of fear in getting to um, getting in reciprocal relationships. So there's many kinds of fear. 
um, that that's sort of where I was truly going with mm-hmm. this. And there's a fear of emotional proximity. And I think linked to this performance metric, like I don't have time for reciprocity or relationships for fear of survival. Work is survival now. So I need mm-hmm. to dominate that survival. To, no, not dominate that survival. Dominate in that arena so I survive. Like work has become the new gladiator arena type situation. If I look at the logic there. Sorry if I sort of went far, but I don't think it's far. I think it's just using symbolism and having it more well context social context and having it become more cont- contemporary mm-hmm. well do you do you want to bridge that to other yeah. dimensions yeah. yeah i was looking to do that but yeah i'm sorry if i took it well somewhere else it's okay i'm trying to sort of bridge that so you're the one of the kernels there is a avoidance of reciprocity like avoidance mm-hmm. of commitment and then reciprocity yeah and and um it, i think what you're saying is that comes from a fear that um it's a zero-sum game yep so, yes totally um and, and you know just to make a sort of an analogy here or, or mm-hmm. a parallel sort of track when when i had one child mm-hmm. you know um I was, and I sort of want ethically wanted to just have one. Yeah. Like for the environmental impact. Totally. It's so that was That was actually, that was the rationale, which isn't totally uncommon. No, um, it's very, actually very more common than we think. Yeah, I think so. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Stats on that. Um, but anyway, so then it was going to be two. And uh, at, early on before we had my second, I was concerned, well, like, how am I going to, love my second kid as much as my mm. first like I, mm. how is that gonna work you know mm-hmm. uh like yeah i'm not gonna have enough to go around yeah i'm stretched thin you know like yeah. i'm already maxed out and, which uh, is a yeah the case for the first time parents yes totally yeah exactly hats um, off to you guys out there and everyone guys, yeah yeah everyone out there <laughs> exactly um but but as it happened uh it wasn't a problem no it was yeah there was yeah there's there was more there's a compounding effect <laughs> Yeah. So, so the fear was, uh, I don't know if I'm going to categorize it as an irrational fear, Mm -hmm. but the fear was about lacking the, the, the total sort of volume of, I think that that's more, it's not irrational. It's fear of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen then because in fear there's worry and in worry there's a, Depending on the type, the direction of worry, uh, it makes a difference. Like, I worry that my friend Matt is going to hurt himself and break his nose. Well, if I can, if I can kind of throw in on the worry thing, and it's not coming from actual education about worrying. Yeah. Uh, but the way I think of it and talk about it, you know, with my kids is, I think worrying is an action. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a. Um, an action in terms of thought yes um that i think comes from a dis-ease or a discomfort uh in situations where there's uncertainty mm-hmm. and and a lack of so uncertainty you cannot predict 
uh, what's going to happen on the horizon, um, there's a lack of information, yeah. right? And I think the worrying comes from a feeling of obligation to do something mm-hmm. uh, when there's nothing you can do physically yeah. that will be productive or helpful in any way. Totally. And so we go to worrying as our act and then can tell ourselves that we're doing something and it proves that we care. Yeah. Like we, that we actually care. Like yeah. it, it manifests in parent with, with parents probably more than anything. Totally. Um, but it, but, but it does manifest in relationships. Oh, all, all over the place. Emotional proximity. Of course. But the, that's work what... and all everything under the sun, because we have like, I guess the more, uh, well, it depends on personality to a degree, but if you're, kind of a, a control freak mm-hmm. to some degree you're, you're going to be a worrier too yeah right yeah uh, but where and again there's the behavior the thoughts and the intentions what is the intention between between the word and the control freak sorry control freaks out there we're calling you out and the parent who's worrying one is survival the other one is benevolence. If I'm going in very static yeah. words, but I'm trying to give a word as a guidepost, not necessarily being stuck. And I'm trying to sort of build out a little bit of a pathway in discussing about worry, which is fear trigger in the beginning. The other one is fear, probably an anger a little bit, because I worry about performance and control. Mm. I like seeing mm-hmm. that. That's good. And you get to disagree totally. No, I don't disagree. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to think, you know, do, do I associate anger and performance? Not really. No, not, I don't. Um, no? but maybe I'm, maybe I'm not thinking of performance in the same and, number of ways. Yes. And your might, your attention might not be at the same place as my attention right now. Cause I'm thinking about competition. Mm-hmm. which is oftentimes the part competition and play is not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, you're, you know, you're, I, you're a good player and not player player, but player yeah. you play great. I, well, I, I th- think so. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of a, everyone has their own, you know, in, sp- in sports, say, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. You have your own your own history and <coughs> path, right? I've been accused of being really competitive, as if that was a bad thing, mm-hmm. like playing board games or things like that, as a kid but, even. But probably they're talking about an approach to playing you had as a kid. Well, that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but see... But what are you communicating... Get, I think they, I think folks sometimes got the sense that all I cared about was, was winning mm-hmm. and I, it's not, it's never been all I cared about. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to battle. Mm-hmm. I want to play the game mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. and like really play it yeah. and try. Yeah. And cause like, that's what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's monopoly or whatever it is like, yeah, I'm going to try. If you don't really try and go for it, what are you doing? And the thing <laughs> is, but, but I think what some, the way some people understand that dynamic is you're very competitive and the contrast is I, we are very, are social. Mm-hmm. So for others that, that playing a game can be more about being social. Mm-hmm. And for me, playing a game would 
yes, it's social, mm-hmm. but it's, it's actually more of like, how do you do this thing really well? Yeah. It's just kind of how I'm oriented. Yeah. You know, there's a way to do this really well. There's a way to do this half-assed. Um, and so I don't, you know, I just was never inclined to be doing it kind of like half. Yeah. I'd be like doing it full. Yeah. And so for some people that's intense. Yeah. Right? It depends because re- people are reading your affect there. Mm. So that's why they're saying what they were saying. Yeah. So what was your affect communicating? Intensity. So what emotion is there? Intensity. Well, it, it probably, <laughs> he's like, it, oh it, man, it, LP, don't do this. Well, today. it probably like, <laughs> would probably would go would be you know getting getting worked up about people cheating. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or or something yeah. or like bending a rule or whatever and go well it's not it's not because this rule is better than that rule it's just like you know the rules are what the rules are mm-hmm. so that we can all play in the same field and like you know actually totally. battle totally each other yeah that's what it is yeah it's like i don't it's not because i care that i win that's the thing is mm. a lot of the time people mistake competitiveness for a d- desire to just win yeah and it's actually not it yeah like i don't in, in this i learned this i was reminded of this when i played outdoor hockey this winter with my son nice so he took an interest a couple of his friends were playing uh got him stuff you know what he needed uh for, for before christmas and some stuff for christmas And so we played out outside mm-hmm. a whole bunch, mm-hmm. more hours than I played in the last 20 years put together. Nice. And um, so I grew up playing hockey and that was my thing. And then cycling. So that was fun. Um, what I noticed was fascinating. There are kids playing at the outdoor rink who, who play on a competitive team. They yeah. A bunch of them play on the same competitive team. Yeah. And um, their understanding of what they were doing out there seemed mm. to be that it was, they were trying to win. That's yeah. what they were scoring and winning. That's what it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I grew up playing out, uh, outdoor hockey and I played on indoor and on teams and competitive and stuff like that too. But I played outdoor way more than I played indoor. Totally. And I never counted score playing outdoor hockey mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I, n- I never gave a shit. <laughs> like it never mattered. Mm-hmm. Like all that mattered was we But were trying to play that really point, well. You were playing. Yeah, that's what it was. We were playing. The absence of score, absence yeah. of, and a sense of being lost in time. Completely. And I'm literally quoting Stuart Brown on yeah. this. Yeah. But, well, at least his, <laughs> his proposition of play. Hmm. Yeah. So there was no, dis- there was never hmm. like, oh, you know, disagreements about, you know, oh, well, you, you raised it. Uh, don't raise it, you know, and then, oh, I barely raised it, you know, because like, this is what came up all the time playing this past winter with these mm-hmm. kids. These kids are raising the puck over my stick. I'm playing goalie all the time <laughs> and they're raising it so they can score on me. Of and I'm telling them, don't raise the puck. That's how people get hurt. That's why there's a rule. Mm-hmm. And from their perspective, it's like, well, they don't care about their role. They want to score. Yeah. But, uh, but we need to score. We need to, to win this. And I mean, it, the dynamic was bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought these kids are really off the mark. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that they're playing, they don't pass. Mm-hmm. They try to go from end to end and score by themselves. Yeah. They're missing an opportunity to learn how to play hockey well. Yeah. They have no hockey sense. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, wow, this is actually what they're doing here is borderline uh, counterproductive. Yeah. For them as hockey players. Because mm-hmm. they're reinforcing a lot of bad hockey. Okay. Yeah. And then they end up being benched. 
When oh, I would hope so. I, but then their parents will go to the coach and say, how dare you? How dare you? My son is the best. <laughs> wow. Anyway, so yeah, like my, if I'm a, if I'm a good player in sport, uh, and you know, by all means, anyone listening to this, mm. who's raced against me before in bike racing, um, will have different experiences, but mm. I, I've had, uh, pretty hot, you know, you, battles with people, especially in cyclocross yeah. and Pat done close passes with people and had body contact with people that I thought was no problem mm-hmm. because again, I grew up playing hockey yeah. and mountain bike racing yeah. and then way later cyclocross racing. Yeah. I have no problem bouncing off people, yeah. but some people have a problem with that yeah. and they've told me. Yeah. And so I said, oh, okay, well that with that person, I'll try to, you know, be a little bit less <laughs> aggressive, Yeah, but never, never to imperil someone of course right never not like that not mean mm-hmm. and i've had people do things in races that were incredibly dangerous yeah and uh could have caused i've heard uh, i heard one of your stories somebody who was actually pushing you out almost to oncoming oncoming traffic. car traffic exactly oh. that kind of thing Very and you dangerous. go wow this is unreal mm-hmm. like that is not sportsmanship that's not cool that is not really how you not do cool things. no um so that's scary and that's anger running amok it's some kind of because you're not thinking of all the possibilities <laughs> in anger no i don't i, I it's desperate to me it's more desperate behavior than anything else yeah and that kind of that kind of thing you know? yeah uh so anyway yeah yeah how can we talk about the close cousins eh because fear and anger are close cousins yeah um yeah and that's sort of the two sides of the same coin oftentimes. And I don't want to minimize it. I just want to acknowledge because we have a big stereotype against anger. And that's unfortunate, I have to admit, because we're not... How are we we to master something if we can't even name it? Mm -hmm. And master the skill, I should say. Um, necessary, Necessary to best manage it. But... We were talking about fear, the close cousin, and that's it. Fear, I've, I don't think I've ever had a conversation where I talk about fear and anger doesn't pop up. I, we don't talk about joy. We're, we don't talk about sadness. Even surprise, which probably is a combination of fear and joy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the base emotion... Mm-hmm. That we're talking about is well, it can be both, huh? Mm-hmm. Like they can, they can, they can manifest uh, independently. Yeah. So fear. If you picture yourself going down into a dark basement, mm-hmm. right? There's noises. Yeah. You know, like that's the kind of thing that's actually like the scariest thing. Totally. I find. Yeah. Or you watch the movie and there's a dark cave yeah. and like. Are you kidding? I'm going to go. The 12-year-old is going into the dark cave? Like, why would you do that? That like is horrifying. Horrifying. I would not do that. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah. And so there's a there's a there's a bodily feeling, right? Yeah. Um, your heart is gonna elevate, yeah. right? And your hearing might change. Yeah. Right? Your your hearing kind of um hypervigilance will kick in yeah like it might be a blood f- hypervigilance so yeah, yeah. It changes the way your and hearing it, is 
and also i think you were going more in the hearing your heartbeat like boom, boom, boom. well you can hear Where that going? but also no there's like kind of a weird sonic thing i mm. i can't really describe mm. it but yeah it's it's heightened yeah anyway so yeah. it sounds sense just ambient sound sounds different mm -hmm. um for whatever reason and um so yeah so you feel your heart beating and the sound is different you can hear your, your whatever um and you're probably adrenaline's gonna come yeah. into the mix totally which is driving heart rate to a degree so that's yeah. all and also the acuity of your senses yes um so what okay so everyone's felt that kind of raw fear yeah right and then anger isn't all that different no right no but uh, it's a little bit and we've talked about this a lot in in therapy where we use mri to validate a lot of the stuff we knew statistically and also clinically so now the mris are and i'm not saying there's no difference but experts can tell the difference But a lot of the time, they really look alike. Like, mm -hmm. it's almost the same image. Both emotions, they're, they're not the same, but it, they can emerge, I think, with the same stimulus. Yeah, so going, going back to what you were talking about briefly before, um, anger, anger can often for kids if you just go to that level can often be in my experience anyway you know you're surprised by mm -hmm. something that has happened you feel it's happened to you or yeah. somebody has done to you yeah you're surprised by it um you weren't ready for it mm -hmm. right and it's you know it's a harm yeah generally or you're offended or whatever it is i think it's usually more of a physical harm yeah um that you feel this strong physical reaction to yeah which is not happy Yep. It's, 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 it's the opposite of happy. Yep. It makes you feel it's a bad feeling. Yes. Right. And as a kid, when that happens, if it's playing with other kids in the schoolyard or whatever, you know, a kid hits you, they punch you. Yep. And then you have a physical impulse totally. to punch them back. Totally. Right. And when Fight I was a flight. kid, we did that. We just did that. Yeah. We just it, like, you got punched, you punch them back <laughs> and then it's like, probably it's over. Yeah. Um, It seems and those is for driven people because your reaction you describe is for a driven person mm -hmm. <laughs> so our listeners which are driven probably will all say yes that's true yeah. but the reality is that's half the experience yeah most people will start crying um maybe bundle how do you describe that like curl up curl up thank yeah. you uh curl up Um, yeah, because you might have the, the reaction like it's the fight or flight. Some people, and it's not always a constant. That's the thing. In some situations, we're going to fight. In some situations, the same person's going to yeah. run away. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, though, there is a pattern. So you just described a great, a great <laughs> description of driven people so, right there and it sounds like the way that this will play out for for kids for example yeah. across a, across this sort of yeah. spectrum is for those who are on the more driven end um the natural reaction will be to just you know strike back mm -hmm. and then okay it's done it's even okay yeah. uh, no 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 oh we both don't like that yeah okay let's not how about we just don't do that yeah. and like that's over yeah And then on the other end, if we have a kid that is hit and then the reaction is 
okay, you have a fight or flight reaction, but it actually isn't either. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not fight and it's not flight. It's yeah. curl up yeah. and try to pretend freeze. you're a rock yeah. and freeze. Yeah. And, and that, that probably is the worst thing yeah. that can happen in terms of the social dynamics that follow. It depends if the other kid is uh, empathetic or not. I'm thinking more often than not, they are not. I don't know. That's yeah. the part. It depends because it's a valid, it is, it is a valid approach. Yeah. Like uh, usually like, the kids who punch other kids <laughs> don't see them curl up in a ball and go, but, Oh, are you okay? But if I like, I'm not going to di- disclose everything about me today. I did disclose a few things already, uh, but I am going to disclose this. Like it hurts when you punch someone. Well, like, it's not a pleasant feeling. I guess. Like, did you enjoy it? Did you? Have, I'm sure you punched someone. I've been in Mass many search. fights. Okay. Many okay. Fights. So thank you for, yeah. I didn't want to like pry it out. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was surprised recently when I, when I told her I'd been in many fights. <laughs> She's like, really? Like, Con- yeah. Confession of a yes. cyclist. Yes. Matt many, <laughs> many, just not, not, not in recent years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, no, it, does, it doesn't. It does hurt. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, look bad. at it. You should see his face. He's like, yeah, it's not a big you deal. You have to punch feet. somebody in the face hard for it to hurt. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. If or you punch miss. them in the arm, it doesn't. And I'm, I'm hitting my forehead. It, it, like, it hurts. Yeah, but it depends. Like, if you're in a fight fight and you have adrenaline, it doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, you're right. And if you know how to hold your hand, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. To, <laughs> so you know, Matt's yeah. mom, if you listen to this, you've just learned that your son has been in many fights. I already told her. And he, he has the technique not to get hurt. I had an older brother. He was two years older. He's That's stronger. True. That's true. And we pounded each other full on many, <laughs> many, many times. We had a brawl in a gas station parking lot once that was both bleeding. And, <laughs> Epic. Oh, full on. Epic. Uh, yeah, yeah. But lots of... So what was the trigger then, just for fun? That, no, he just he just liked to get under my skin. Okay. It was not that hard to do. <laughs> so... I, I went for it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and, and I now we've grown up and Matt is yeah. this very Zen-like person. People have referred to me that way. And yeah, it, it, that's a thing. Um, and, no. But I got it. I mean, I kind of, uh, so what I was trying to get at was mm-hmm. I, I had so, the opportunity as a kid to have conflict with other kids. Yeah. We talked about this with, with Vicky. I, I had the opportunity to, to deal with conflict with other kids and which maybe I started. Mm-hmm. I might, I might've been the jerk. Yeah half the time yeah. more i don't know right but anyway not always i know that um but <laughs> i had conflicts with other kids and learned how to basically fight kids uh, in a way that uh they didn't actually nobody really got hurt yeah and you kind of scale your your aggression mm-hmm. appropriately yeah. you learn to control your body yeah you can get into a fight with somebody and then after be like okay you know good one yeah good one kind of like how hockey fights that's that's the socialization part of it like it is a known thing that kids at least in north america sometimes will and especially with males but i've heard stories with uh, women as well that oh we fight and then we're best friends yeah there's like this aura of accepted aggressivity yeah it's that's a it's a thing because you might be you might yeah. be punching your best friend in the face you you don't know but it is a possibility it's a possibility and i i i mean kids if if 
if they are told, you know, you're not allowed having any any wrestling or any of it, mm. you know, sometimes they they're dealing with all kinds of yeah. anger and fear that's building in their bodies that they don't they don't know how to process and really deal with over time. They get into a conflict as an 18 year old, a 19 year old, mm-hmm. and they've never had this physical contact yeah. attached to this this yeah. anger. Yeah, and my concern tends to be that the you know let's say guys in this position are not going to know their strength not going to know how to handle themselves yeah they might really hurt somebody yeah because they have no experience controlling uh, a punch yeah right or they get really hurt themselves because they escalate mm-hmm. too much yeah right and it's like it's a very there is a way for kids to just have physical contact it can happen in sport yeah in the schoolyard where it's reasonable and measured and they just learn yeah like we act like playing, you know, mm-hmm. King of the Mountain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you like hurt your friend by yeah. accident, yeah. literally by, by, you know, you, yeah. you push totally. them in a way and you hurt them yeah. and you say, oh, like, sorry. Like, I really, I screwed that up. I really didn't want to do it like that. Yeah. And you learn something from that. And I've seen it with my son playing outdoor hockey. Like he, he was kind of bigger than a lot of the kids and he's not that good at stopping. So he kind of would like collision collide with other kids sometimes and knock them down yeah they get mad of course and he's like sorry like i'm not very good at stopping and these kids are like do you want to fight and like what <laughs> like what but they didn't even really want i don't even think they wanted to fight yeah they just wanted to like front as if they would fight yeah um but like he's almost he's a brown belt in karate. He could probably like, he doesn't want to fight, but he could probably like you know probably take care of hold that. his own. Okay, yeah, pretty weird. Anyway, so practice, so practice like. But it's weird. Yeah. But also, we're talking about the end result of a culture. Yeah, like the culture right now. You're, we're comparing two cultures. Yep, the one where we grow up. Sure, played hockey, and the, the culture we're not observing where it's more individualistic hockey wanting to be skillful not social yeah well it's kind of a video game mentality that's yeah. carried over into yeah. into sport yeah team sport yeah right yeah like uh, literally a kid said to my son at the rink mm-hmm. are you good yeah a kid rocked up to him <laughs> and said are you good <laughs> like what that you would not say that to somebody when we were kids? No. Ever. You wouldn't say, are you good? Yeah. Are you good at basketball? Like, they they, they do that in video games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, are you, are you new? Are you, like, yeah. this is what they do. Yeah. It's absolutely bizarre. So it, it does sort of, tra- you know, it transfers over from that kind of experience that they have. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So we have, we have different cultures uh spanning you know we're just talking about mm-hmm. a few decades here yeah uh for different reasons but um in in the if we talk the cycling dynamic fear mm-hmm. and anger anger is something that i i don't really want to get into in particular because it has more to do with interactions i would say with car yeah. drivers yeah and it's kind of a pit you know, yeah it's kind of not no 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 super and productive I'm, I'm hoping that today we're yeah. not we might do an episode on how to manage anger efficiently because uh, i do think there's a way to manage it efficiently and i think anger gets a bad rap oftentimes but right now it's like we're talking about the cousin yeah the fear part well maybe the way to to, to get into it is uh to contrast 
you know, if you say in bike racing, fear, fear is something that manifests in many, many different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anger is something that some riders will talk about channeling in, in a, in a useful and mm-hmm. effective way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's to sort of bring to man or bring about, uh, an adrenaline response. Yeah. Uh, so that's a very intentional sort of manipulation of hormones. Yeah. Um, and they use, they use anger as the, as the sort of, and the, this is more, path. yeah. And I'll, it's more of the, neuroscience slash biology approach to it yeah but fear plays out in two different things so like there's the i would call it the psychological fear versus the actual biological fear and maybe maybe you thought about something else but this is this is what i was thinking a little bit like to compare the two and i don't want to be in dualistic too much all the time but It just makes it easier to come to come and converse on this. Well, I guess what you're talking about then is uh, <clears throat> it, it has to, it, that distinction is going to be, I think, sort of governed. I would just want to, like probably a better word, but um, yeah, the the psychological fear part is is going to be something that's going to f- sort of factor for a lot of people in advance of something that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. So it's going to sort of color and temper how they how they arrive most the of, most of the time or post like oh man that was I, that was i almost got into a car accident and then the narrative gets into it and it sort of becomes a i want to prevent another thing or i'm going to self-assess something what did i do wrong like we talked about earlier with the tree but also some things aren't in our control and we would like to have control And yes, some could argue and say, yes, everything in this is, is in our control. If I would have saw something a tenth of a second earlier, it would have made a big difference. Yes, it would. But it's sort of pay, playing the wishing game a little bit when we do that. And we sort of use an experience to determine something, our skill set often, or our perception of ourselves while cycling so that's the other part i was thinking about but there is the actual mechanical more what does fear do in the body so i was wondering where you wanted to go with this as well well where does it what does it do in the body at at different states of mind Mm -hmm. are i think are going to limit how much you can even manifest fear yeah so in, in a flow state for example yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna experience fear yeah this is uh, i i mean i you've you've probably actually read more about flow states you know because you're professional you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and it is domain. a thing no no it is a thing but i don't yeah like if you're actually in a flow state mm-hmm. fear is not going to come into it i i think if you manage fear well It will come into it, but it won't affect the flow state. Like you, you are not a typical fear type person. If I, if I analyze you for a moment, like, and I think we have that in common a little bit because I tend to not let fear overwhelm me. And that's sort of an automatic response and trained over years. And that's the, that's the thing. Like we've been training ourselves to react in a certain way vis-a-vis fear yeah a so lot of athletes do that they as well. do yeah and it's yeah this is something that uh i think andrew huberman has been talking about recently i haven't listened to his podcast in a while but i'm i'm sure 
yeah. sure he does. There's a bunch of work in neurology around this and cognitive science around this. Uh, and I think it definitely goes back to this, the Stoics. Mm-hmm. So the, part of the reason why I think I resonated with Stoic philosophy yeah. um, was this approach to what is referred to now, I think, as Stoic ideation, mm-hmm. um, which is really, it's a conditioning of the mind and the brain and the nervous system um, where you effectively simulate in your mind mm-hmm. um, situations that would cause fear. Yeah. And you sort of, um, <laughs> you actually elicit an adrenaline response. Mm-hmm. And then you, over that adrenaline response, you pattern positive thoughts of mm-hmm. like coping. This is what I would do. Yeah. Instead of, so in a situation like, okay, imagine you're lying there. Yeah. This is a stoic ideation. Okay. So you're lying down and you're going through this visualization and mm-hmm. you're imagining that mm-hmm. you're in your bed yeah. and you're asleep. Yeah. You wake up to a loud noise. Yeah. You open your eyes. There's a dude, a huge dude <laughs> right in your room. He's in the doorway and he's holding a big ax and he's coming at you and you can tell that he's going to try to cut Kill you him. in half with yeah. the ax. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then you say, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do to survive this? Yeah. And you say, okay, well, I could try this. And so you imagine what you would do. Okay. Like blanket in, throw the blanket <laughs> into his face, you know, whatever you go through, like, but you go through a I bunch of different scenarios mm-hmm. of response. Mm-hmm. And the way that the Stoics sort of, the way they describe the, the, what they're doing was to basically become so familiar with these terrible scenarios that if they actually happen, they won't be surprised. Mm-hmm. They, they'll, they won't be surprised. Yep. They'll have options yep. they've already gone through, which are, it's almost like they've done it because they've imagined it in such detail yep. that they'll just act. Yep. And so why should they be afraid of that happening? Mm-hmm. That's the key. Yeah. And that's why it resonated with me. I didn't want to be afraid of all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be just not afraid because I felt equipped to do whatever I needed to do. Yeah. So I would imagine, okay, if I'm in this situation, like I would do this while riding. Uh, if, if I always have a plan, mm-hmm. if I'm okay, if something goes wrong here, I definitely don't want to hit that tree. So my, my, my like plan B is going to be, I'm going to go that way. Yeah. You know, there's a totally. post like, totally. I, I did a race in <coughs> Sutton. It's a stage race. Yeah. Um, we did it two or three years. There was a descent. that was about a hundred kilometers an hour. There was a, a, a guardrail at one point and a post. And I always said, okay, I see that. If somebody crosses me uh, and I go into that, I'm going to die for sure. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure that I'm always yeah. you know, going to be coming in a way that if somebody crosses me, my body goes that way and I can't go that way. No problem. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be afraid of that. Yeah. Like I can picture it, what's going to go bad. Yeah. And I just have to act in a way where that's not a scenario that can actually happen. I have no reason to be afraid of it. So essentially, but- we don't freeze. No, don't freeze. Because freezing, mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to be afraid of things, mm-hmm. it, like the only one, the one thing that I've probably ever really been afraid of, mm-hmm. I think, well, I know I've been afraid of public speaking, and <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah. but like yeah, on yeah. the mortal stuff yeah, yeah. has been, okay, what happens if I'm with my family, somebody comes and they have a gun or weapon or whatever, mm-hmm. will I freeze? Because mm-hmm. I really don't want to freeze. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to take them out. 
um, cause my reaction, it, it's always like that. Like if somebody's on the train and they have a whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go at them. Yeah. I'm not going to just be like, Hey, let's huddle and hope that we don't get killed. <laughs> no, I will. I'm going to attack them. Max so it's, didn't like my no. approach to getting into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> what could i say not if not everybody i'm not saying everybody needs to be that way this is how i am so public it's, service announcement you know yeah that's it so kids kids if you are not able to fight it's okay it's okay and huddle up do the turtle wait for the teacher to break that fight you don't need to be driven like man and i no. and we love you anyways kids we don't know you but still it's okay mm-hmm. it's not for everybody but boom i'm gonna make sound in the background yeah but um freezing is not bad hmm. sometimes i think there are some wild animals that might come at you where freezing might be the best thing totally some. and if you look at the tribal eras where we used to be in tribes little ones survive because they froze yeah they just hide under something they they would freeze yeah literally fire is in the middle yeah tents are on the periphery yeah and little ones walking near the near not in the fire i hope but near the fire and then they end up drifting away from the light and then they're at the near the houses they would freeze because they couldn't see beyond the houses because it was dark yeah We talked about the fear of the yeah. dark then. They would freeze. And that was did in those times they didn't need to have gates and everything everywhere. And still children survived. Still accidents accidents happened. Probably the driven kids like us would roll down the mountain. <laughs> and freezing is not always bad. Yeah. And what what that mean? and that that makes sense. It's a fear response. Yeah. What what it makes me think of is Uh, spycraft mm. um i i'm, I'm I don't kind know of, about well, that spycraft is um the the the, the tools the skills that spies oh develop. okay thank you right no so i understand thank I, you i'm kind of a fan of of uh you know spy fiction and stuff yeah because uh, i love i love the the craft yes uh and i love the decisive action yeah this isn't this is not weird for my no. personality right like no it all, yeah it all makes sense but <laughs> totally I love, i've got that makes yeah total sense the very right decisive now. action mm-hmm. is something that i find really uh impressive mm. um but it's not like It's not like it's a natural talent. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a skill. Yeah. It's learned. Yeah. And so, you know, any spy fiction, whatever, where they really go through, they show you the training. Yeah. Right? The mass of training. And like it's difficult training. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Like that's an appropriate depiction of what it is for spies to be effective. Right, yeah. they have they have to have such a huge base of training that in any broad range of scenarios mm-hmm. they can make a good decision mm-hmm. based on priorities. Sometimes the priority totally. is just sheer survival. Totally. Other times it's it's that's not the priority. It really depends, right? Yeah. And so sometimes for a spy, freezing is going to be the best thing they can possibly yes. do. Yes. Freeze. Yes. And and hot freeze night. That's yeah. it. Period. Other times they're going to have to. They're gonna usually a spy would not fight. Mm-hmm. That would not that would generally mm-hmm. be a bad thing to have get into. Yep. 
but but they will Which be prepared to do that yeah. if that's required yeah and be decisive yes and the dis- being decisive is about training it's about again stoic ideation mm. this is what it's about mm. it's right a broad diversity of scenarios where you go, uh, okay there's a lot of scary things that could happen yeah instead of pretending that they're just not going to happen to me because i don't want them to mm-hmm. i'm going to imagine what would how it would go totally. and then what would i do totally and then i can be not afraid walking yeah. around afraid i don't yeah. want to be afraid yeah and if and when bad stuff happens i'll have i'll be able to be decisive yeah and hopefully effective yeah and have the best chance of helping somebody yes. or surviving myself or whatever it is yes it's not some an approach that like being a spy for example isn't <laughs> for everybody no you know no. like i don't even know that i would be a good spy mm-hmm. I, I think it would be interesting in a different life to find out and um totally but um, maybe i would actually have a critical um weakness mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and would suck and yeah. i would just die yeah. Or I would never, I would never get through. I don't know. <laughs> or they would train you. Yeah. And, or, and train, and, or I would just fail. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot to learn from that craft, yes. I think, in, totally. in how you prepare. So in cycling, if we go as a, the uh, analogy, if you want to do cycling and not be afraid, mm. you need a really big foundation, totally. a base yes. of experience, mm-hmm. training, mm-hmm. preparation, yeah. right? And if we're talking about, there's this, you know, again, a range of things you can do in cycling that will range for a beginner, you know, for a beginner, probably a lot of cycling, you know, activities are going to feel scary because they're unknown. Yes. They just don't know what they're getting into and you're getting out there and you're exposed and to vulnerable that and there's literally. cars and there's all of that. So yeah. there's, there's that. And then it, on the, it's the teenager going downstairs when it's dark. Yeah. Right. That's the teenager yeah. moment going downstairs sure. in, in the basement. Yeah. The unknown. Yeah. And you have to build. Like, you, you mm-hmm. know, it's, I, I can imagine, like, you got to build up if An you were not a kid. setting one foot, opening the light. Yeah. Then setting two foot, not opening the light, because you remember that where the couch is. Yeah. You remember that the sounds, oh, I've, I've heard that sound before. Yeah. So you've got a database in your memory of experience, or a database of experiences. I think you're right. I remember you making fun of me a little bit indirectly when we were talking in the why during the why episode, because I was in mental training for mountain bike. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you've just explained what I'm doing. Yeah, that's that's. I'm a, gathering information. That for sure, it's a part of it. It's the the the, the gathering part and also. F- figuring it like there's a whole bunch of different there's and the technical the, it, yeah the actual technology yeah. and like informing yourself <laughs> and asking questions and you know so that you have a you know a technology set up that is appropriate for what you're actually going to try, try to do with it yeah the skills like mm-hmm. sk- trying to learn skills by reading Sorry. and videos and things like that is a very modern approach yeah right yeah it's kind of like i'm literally of, those kids playing hockey right now the new kids yeah no for real which yeah but like the fear though like that's not that's about skill and like being good enough soon enough in a way yeah but like the fear that i i think people are going to be more gripped with is around being away from home in an area they don't know yes being lost yes having a broken bike that they can't fix yes right 
uh, having, you know, encountering somebody while they're alone who has bad intentions. Totally. That's something that people will fear for sure. Yeah. You know, those kinds of basic things, it's not different than when you're a kid. No. Right. It's like when you're a kid and you're leaving your neighborhood on your bike for the first time, you know, it's exciting, but also scary. Yeah. It's an adventure. Yeah. Right. Um, so it takes on just a different sort of color, I guess, or tone. And totally. And this is where the personality will play out. I think once you have that tension, that the, the enough amount of tension, like going on an adventure will produce tension. Yeah. And I'm not saying like driven people are better. No, it's not about a categorization this way. It's just that I think we can all relate as driven people. Like, How many times do you want to go to the adventure and have fear, but then say, you know what? I want to try this anyway. I want to try and master it a little bit before going because I am willing to pay the price to go on that adventure. Yeah. Paying the price meaning getting putting your preparation in it in order to achieve the goal. Yeah. Like the physical capability to, to just yeah. be able to keep on pedaling a bike yeah. is part of it. And then sort of related to that, and we're talking about just sort of what we could say the most basic level here, yeah. which is just kind of getting out there and just mm-hmm. riding a bike in places mm-hmm. you haven't before. It's not even into like racing and like epic, uh, you know, no, over, no. Over, over, over mountains. It's not even That's that. That's ad- adventuring, yeah. essentially. It's just, it's just kind of the entry level kind of part of it where it, it's important to sort of manage, to manage fear mm-hmm. and uncertainty the trick is to know what kind of like tools you can use yes right so that you have as much contingency built into your overall sort of you know ecosystem of of body and technology as as possible totally so like if you have if you have a road bike and you want to go and i'm going to go ride some dirt road stuff cool mm-hmm. cool Yeah, if you also happen to have a mountain bike, you know, it might be wise to put your mountain bike pedals on your road bike. Yeah. Because you're going to go get into stuff where you might have to walk mm-hmm. and then maybe you can't put your foot back into your pedal anymore. Yeah. And now you have a problem. Yeah. Because you you were you what you want to avoid is imagining the out of anxiety even, imagining the outcome being like the best possible. Yeah. Because you really want it to be. Yeah. And so you're using technologies and, and bringing clothing, for example, that actually will only work in a perfect scenario. Yeah. So if everything goes exactly the way you imagine it, that one scenario that you imagined, mm-hmm. you'll be good. Yeah. Because you only imagine one scenario. That's how kids <laughs> operate a lot of the time. Yes. Oh, yeah, I really want future to be like this so i'm just going to really focus on this one way in the future will manifest which is why okay which is why the innovation part of it oftentimes comes from you because they don't necessarily have that fear link to the what if And well, no, they don't because they're not even conceiving. It's shown in, in their brain yeah. like the consequences of their action so that's why they're great innovators because They, it's not pattern and it's not as um it's not as it's not as uh, 
crystallized as it is for us. Well, I, I, I <laughs> or we've been through the breaking of bones or yeah. the breaking of nose two weeks ago. <laughs> but calling that innovation, you know, it's a particular definition of innovation. <laughs> yeah. I think coming from somebody who's trying to like do innovation as a job. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yes, I understand the I, I understand the thought. Okay, the no, the novelty. I'll I'll change my term. And you're right. You're right. Yeah. A new thing. Yeah. So the 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 um, stoic ideation part mm-hmm. is what anybody who's new, mm-hmm. you know, f- venturing mm-hmm. out on a bike would benefit from doing to manage. Well, to okay, I would say to manage fear. Mm-hmm. But like some are going to be a. I've encountered plans oblivious. Yeah. So some folks are yeah. not afraid because they're totally oblivious. Yeah. Which is cool, mm. except until something goes wrong, which yeah. is inevitable. Yeah. And then they're burned. Yeah. They feel they're scathed. Yeah. Right. Like well so said. now they don't want their. I'm not gonna do that again. Mm-hmm. It's and, done. And that's really sad. I know, like mm-hmm. we don't want to see that. Yeah. That's avoidable. Yeah. So okay, that's not the. That's not the greatest way to be oblivious and just let's go. And then like event, a few rides in, there's a disaster and like cycling is terrible. Uh, and then they're out for life. On mm-hmm. the other end, you don't, you don't want to see folks who are crippled by fear. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the best sort of approach is going to be to try to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I know it can be hard, but I talk to people and just imagine some scenarios like what kind of things could go wrong yeah. when I go do this ride. Yeah flat tire yeah okay flat tire pretty normal Mm -hmm. okay so what do i need to deal with that yeah how do i even fix that does it make sense to practice doing that at home before i go like while i'm having a coffee or a beer or something Mm -hmm. yes it does right yeah it makes sense to do that instead of doing it for the first time does the pump work yeah no 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 yeah that's a little very standard thing to do um what else can go wrong um well you can you're you can break your chain yeah okay how do you deal with that Mm -hmm. relatively simple believe it or not yeah Um, (laughs) Yeah. water how much water do i need yeah where can i get water okay Mm -hmm. well you can look at the map there's a depender here and there another place uh two bottles you know okay about a bottle an hour Mm -hmm. like okay good crashing if Mm -hmm. i crash you know what do i have somebody i can call yeah to, you know, like if I'm not going to call the ambulance, do I have somebody I can call? Yeah. Um, do I need to bring any first aid things? Well, I mean, hey, it's a kind of a cool idea. We mm-hmm. pretty much never do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, we're terrible for that. Yeah. We don't do that. No. Nope. But that's a thing. You could, yeah. you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, you could bring some. And it's so funny because in the, and you're going to be able to give me your experience a little bit better because you're in the, in, but you've had that experience. Uh, in the in that culture, the mountain bike culture, like all the videos of how to, they all talk about the first aid kit, but I've never seen that on the road cycling or even in gravel. No. So it was funny because I'm like, I've never brought no the first aid kit, and I'm pretty sure, and I'm wondering, is it is it for real? Like, in, I'm sorry, mountain bikers, but I don't know. Do you actually do mountain bikers bring first aid kits? It's incredible. I think it's. It used to be really, really like unheard of. Mm-hmm. I would say it was unheard of. I had a friend who would have a first aid kit in his car when yeah. we'd be downhilling at Bromont and anywhere else, and he did his own stitches. Mm-hmm. 
So that makes that, sense. That, that was the thing. You yeah. Know, he got a staple thing at one point. Because I do think in mountain bike, the consequences are yeah. pretty huge. There. Yeah. But I mean, we used to do things like, um, <clears throat> you know, have a bolt, a spare bolt with duct tape yeah. wrapped around it. A yeah. whole bunch of duct tape. And then that would be in the camelback. We used to use camelbacks all the time. Yeah. Because like there wasn't enough, you couldn't have enough cargo without that. Um, and so you could use duct tape on a cut, on a, stitch. a significant yeah. cut actually yeah. to get yourself out of there. Totally. So that, that was kind of uh, probably mm-hmm. as close as it was. Yeah. But I mean, when we would smash like shins with a pedal or something, yeah. and we just pull the sock yeah. over it. That's it. You know, and cover it. That's it. And that was kind of, you know, kind of yeah. how it, it went. Um, Same method as when we were kids. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm not, I don't think that's ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, when I broke my nose, I ended up putting, I had a spare glove. I put that on to deal with some bleeding, mm-hmm. uh, snow. I put a, a snow on it on my face for a while Yeah, and, uh, slowed down bleeding. And then, uh, cause I had a puncture through above my lip all the way through. <sighs> Plus the nose is broken. Mm-hmm. And then I put my neck tube over my, my uh, nose and everything. And then mm-hmm. rode and then rode out. By the way, for those who so, follow Matt on Instagram, the photos are talk for themselves. I've seen the yeah, photos. Yeah, I wonder if they've disappeared because they were on my story. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little, it's you need a trigger warning for uh, for the for the blood one, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> blood on my top tube. Too. But you did, you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did give a, a warning I, I for did. that. Some people don't don't handle that well, and I understand. So anyway, we're talking yeah. about at the entry level. You could say entry level for mm-hmm. getting out there. Uh, you can do what, what are the things that are actually, you know, semi likely to going to go wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay. How do I get in front of those and be prepared so that I can just not worry about that? Why worry about a flat? Yeah. And you just have a flat kit, know yeah. how to do it. Totally. You don't need anxiety and stress for nothing. No. Right. And take care of those things. And I think if, if you get into a problem beyond the predictable things, it's not regrettable really. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. Like I don't regret you know, if I'm doing something that I do every day and something, I slip on the ice in the sidewalk mm-hmm. and I fall down because I was going to morning coffee. Like yeah. I'm not going to stop going to morning coffee because I slipped in. Like I just tried no, to slip on the ice. That's it. You know, you don't. But regret. the understandability of the like the normal is it is it a normal type of situation? No, it's not normal. It's not the norm. Like slipping on coffee, it happens to everyone. We've yeah. all heard stories about that. Yeah, in cycling. Because there's, I think there's a lot of fear attached to it. Like cycling is about learning from the beginning. I'm, I've just finished teaching my daughters cycling. It's fear management. Well, you haven't finished. You just started. You mean? <laughs> None of us are finished. So true. <laughs> so true. So yes, I just started. Yeah. And I, and they're in their beginning. Yeah, just finished. That was well. Yeah, I like that, man. So. I just started to teach them. And essentially, it's fear management. Yeah. And I think, like, we've been writing for so long, we forgot, and I forgot, how scary it is in the beginning. Well, I was just reminded when I got, like I said, when I got back on my my, my road bike yeah. outside for the first time after being on the fat bike, yeah, it felt scary. Yeah. And I thought, I, I'm glad I'm riding alone. Yeah. I would not go into um, a, a mass a start race right now because mm. I would feel like I would crash myself and other people out. That's how crazy this feels right now. Yeah. And so I had forgotten how wacky it feels after you've been on a, a very different bike outside. Totally. Uh, or maybe 
probably the fat bike made it worse because it's so radically different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's probably worse than riding no bike. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. Um, because you develop you're tuned to yes. a very different schema. Totally. The bars and so much. And the other guys I'm, I ride with, like who just got onto their road bikes outside, they were all saying like they felt whack too because mm -hmm. they had only also ridden their fat bikes. So yeah. we all felt like that. So it helped. I like that experience because it helps me empathize with folks who are just new. And I can remember the first time I rode a road bike, my first road bike. Yeah. I'd ridden customer's bikes a little bit around after I would work on them, yeah. sure. But when I got my first road bike, mm -hmm. which is now my trainer bike, mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> destined to die on the trainer, this is uh, almost 20 years ago, um, I built it, I rode it home, and I freaked myself out. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot believe... I this How thing is fast. so fast it's insane I, yes. how do you even turn this yeah how do you, you turn this thing like you're going to turn in overturn into the curb first ride i almost what? went in the ditch twice Ex oversteering it probably uh yes oversteering yeah but oh man the the yes the twitchiness the twitchiness uh, the twitchiness of oh, it totally bizarre but was, then and then you get like you like it because yeah. you go fast and you yeah, yeah. yes yeah, so i i was oversteering Yes, totally. Mm. And now I remember. Well, because you have to learn how to how to how to lean, and you have to look. You have to kind of look through turns differently yeah. and stuff. And we were talking about that where yeah. you look. Exactly. Like, I, that was not an issue for me before because I was slower riding. I used yeah. to ride mountain bikes a little bit, and yeah, and that was it. They're very different. Yeah, which is a very different experience. Yeah. It's like oh, and I, my look was where can I find a jump. Like my, my interest was, oh, there's a bump there. I want to go jump that. Right. Rather than, oh, there's a turn there. And if I don't make it at that speed, like small things. So I was looking at the literally where I was going. Right in front of, yeah, yeah. Right in front of myself. Yeah. So I would end up almost in the ditch. I didn't, yeah. but it, I remember that first experience. So to, exciting, to, but scary to translate. Yeah. To build on that one, just for the, for anyone listening who, who likes to ride uh, road, I say more road bikes. It's not, it's definitely, uh, it's less of a thing on mountain bikes mm -hmm. where uh, you on a road bike, cause you go faster. Yeah. You, you have to really lead your turning mm -hmm. with your face. You really have to turn your head very deliberately uh, where you want to be in yes. a turn, not where you are going. Yes. Uh, so it means you have to look way ahead in totally. turns. So the faster you go, kind of the, the further ahead you have to look into a turn, which means a lot of the time you're looking at the furthest point of the turn where you yep. can still see yep. the inside of the road. Yeah. And by doing that, the reason why it works is, when you do that it also turns your shoulders totally it just you don't feel it turning your body your, your body follows through your body follows it it's literally follows shoulders. where yeah. where your face looks i agree and so that little subtle turn of the shoulders it also affects your hips mm -hmm. it makes it really hard for you to actually um understeer mm -hmm. so so like it, what what gets people into big trouble on turns on road bikes and it's also with gravel bikes but there's a lot of nuance there with the yeah. surfaces is like is starting a turn but then being concerned about making the turn and kind of like looking to the outside of the turn mm -hmm. around the apex mm -hmm. instead of looking through way through that and looking way to the inside yes. of the turn further down the road yeah. and so when you look at sort of the apex 
your shoulders follow and they basically point you at the apex. Totally. So you're, you're going to basically run out of road and go right off the road. Yes. Um, so you, the more you can deliberately like really turn in with your face and take your, your, your vision and point it way down to the inside as far as you can, mm-hmm. basically you're forcing your whole body to, to bring your bike there. Totally. And it's, I don't think it's even possible to go off the other side of the road while mm-hmm. you're literally staring down the inside of the turn yeah. aggressively. Yeah. It's like, it, I don't think you can because you're, everything you're doing is forcing the bike in. Totally. So yeah, that's where trouble, like we've all totally screwed this up yeah. and, and gone off the road. Yeah. And, um, there's some, if you have turns in your area where like they're challenging, actually, there's a decreasing radius. Yeah. It's the perfect way to practice it. Like literally totally. practice it. You know, you can, you can go, uh, I'm going to try doing it wrong on purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah. like there's no cars, yeah. yeah. you know, make sure that with friends, even <laughs> you can, you can do this. This is what we used to do. Yeah. Sessioning and snowboarding and mountain yeah. biking. Like you can session stuff, which means do it over and over again. Yeah. You can do that on a road bike. Yeah. Nobody said you can't do that. Yeah. Just do it safely with friends, you know, looking for cars and try it. Like go medium speed and try like looking at the apex, but try looking at the apex, but also try turning enough yeah. and see if you can do it. You probably can't do it. It's totally like, yeah. So, no, and never, then I, do I've it never right. been able to. Just... Yeah. So then, <clears throat> then try like really looking in and see like, is it even possible for me to to come out yeah and reinforce so part of that goes to again f- you know fear and ability like having trust in your ability a lot of that's going to come down to training yourself to do the right the right things mm-hmm. reinforcing the right things and don't reinforce the wrong things yeah so bad technique if you want to be a confident bike rider there's all the like logistical things with flats and all that and navigation. Mm-hmm. There's all that. But then there's the technique side. Yeah. Right. And a lot of in mountain biking, a lot of fear is going to be associated with the technique and not having technique required and getting scared and freezing and yeah. all that. Yeah. Right. So what's really important um, and I, all the scientists are going to back this up is to train practice when you're fresh. Mm hmm when you are rested mm-hmm. do technique yes. to the best of your ability and stop before you start degrading yes. in the quality of what you're doing yes. do not train dysfunction yeah um, dysfunctional movement yes. patterns do not train that because what you do is you reinforce those those yes. neural linkages yes right? these synapses in your brain yes to have a dysfunctional movement pattern yes. it's the same with running with bad form when you're tired it's all that so do the last not jump, do that. Snowboarding. Oh, yeah. Don't. Do One that. more jump. Never, ever, ever. Do that. Exactly. So the, I have a, I have a few scars on the one more jumps. No. Yeah. You never say last run. It's like, it's a, <laughs> just, you never do it. Right. Like you're half checked out. So with like, and this is not unique to cycling or sport. No. It's the same with, with, with music, language yes. learning, all the things where yes. you're talking about repatterning uh, or patterning and repatterning mm-hmm. brains, totally. right? And neurology and nervous system. Yes. You, you, all of the let learning, the incorporation happens when you're not doing the thing. Mm-hmm. It happens after, mm-hmm. right? And your, your brain is going to kind of process again and it's going to repeat actually yes. in the background what you've yes. done replay it yes which builds the skill while you're not even doing the skill mm-hmm. but it will only do that really when you stop 
Yeah. So, you know, you can session something for 20 minutes. Yes. Stop. Totally. And do it while you're fresh and you feel good and you do it perfectly. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. It's not, this is what we talked, I've mentioned before, I think, I, I endeavor to work smarter not harder. yes yes not harder i'm totally. not i'm not inclined to work harder in my life no not harder smarter you're gonna you're gonna do your worst work because you refuse to stop right it's depleted work it, yeah. it doesn't it it's a myth and i uh, that's why i think sa hourly salary base sometimes reinforces that yeah. and i i know like our bosses need what they assume we all put the same the same output in the in the same amount of hours which isn't true no, no, no. it's still not true no. and we're doing our worst work being depleted yeah yeah it's just diminishing returns right yeah uh, it's what it is that's so, it you, there's if, types of work that's yeah. why you have to work intelligently yeah i you work intelligently and it means actually uh rest a lot mm -hmm. that's what it work work intensely yeah and, and with so intense with intention and focus yes this is all your language right like you're <laughs> you say the same thing all the all the be time focus <laughs> yes. be intentional yes when you're doing the thing do the thing yes don't do the thing plus six other things or one other thing just do that i thing. know and then when you're not doing that thing don't do that thing yeah at all yeah be off and realize that being off is actually a form of work it's Precisely. integration it's it's, it's the integration. compliment yes right yes it's, it's it's not even a compliment it's not even an external thing I want to I want to shift people's perspective on this. It's not an external thing. It's it should be inclusive. It yeah. should be in the training. Yeah. In the whatever the thing you're trying to learn. Because resting actually like Rollo May used to talk about this in the courage to to create. He would work hours on end. Rollo May is a psychologist out of a humanistic existential psychologist out of California and uh, and lived in New York for a while. Or maybe I'm misquoting the New York, but I know he was on, in New York. So he would actually work for hours and hours and hours. And he studied on creativity. Creativity, And he said, I would walk around with, <laughs> now we have phones and, no, and the notes in the phone. But I would walk around and work, read up probably, researching and doing stuff like that. And then the ideas would come on the subway. Yeah. Going back home. So he would always walk around with a notepad on him. Yeah. Because it is part of it. Work doesn't stop. And I challenge everyone. Work doesn't stop in the building. No. No. And this is, the, this is there's some nice linkages here. Um, I won't go into it in no, detail. But no, no. Uh, my, my, when I've had my dream job, um, which was fairly recent over the last few years, not at the very moment. I'll try to navigate back. Uh, <laughs> but my dream job was really, it was a dream job because uh, what I do outside of my the, the work, say, in the office, yeah. was actually as a big constellation of, of things supporting my, my, my work. Mm -hmm. it, it was all kind of mm -hmm. feeding in a multidisciplinary sort of way. Mm -hmm. And there were these connections that were occurring for me every day from all of these different domains that I'm interested in that are not attached to my work description at all. Totally. They're just, they are it's basically a, a huge network of, of um, disciplines and ideas and, and things. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's an inter, it's a universe, right. Yeah. Of things that are all kind of coming together mm -hmm. uh, through me 
in a unique way, which is what I bring to the job. Yeah. And which that's the best thing ever, basically. And for, for me, that's how I want to work. So it's when I'm walking and listening to a podcast, okay, I'm not working, but this is actually also good for my work. Yeah. Right. Like that's totally. just how it is when, if you have enough, if you have enough uh, to use the, the, the metaphor bandwidth, mm-hmm. right. To do work in a focused way, the but new, then also, I know, oh. I know, there's, there's there's upsides and downsides to that. Yeah. But if you're able to do work in a focused way, but then also spend enough time doing mm. not work, mm-hmm. um, actually, that's when that non-directed sort of thinking and integration and synchronicity occurs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the focus work is like this Dr. Lisa Miller mm-hmm. in his book, The Awakened um mind uh, or brain awakened brain or awakened mind anyway Mm -hmm. um she she just distinguishes between top-down sort of uh awareness which is focused task driven uh linear yes and sort of bottom up which is sort of awakened awareness how she characterizes it so when we're doing that focus work we're top down we effectively have sort of cognitive blinders on we can only really see and perceive Mm. what matters with regard to the work and the output we're trying to, to do. Totally. So so we're kind of constrained in what we can absorb around us. Yeah. When we're in uh, a non-directed uh, sort of bottom-up state, that's yeah. where we have our foot is off the gas pedal, we're out doing the walk, yeah. we're out on a ride, yeah. whatever it is, we're open now, mm-hmm. we're permeable. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that's when that synchronicity kind of experiences occur yeah right we uh, i mean this is characterized by some in terms of this like this uh this um <laughs> this frequency of the universe yeah and that's that's <laughs> what some people are are saying like we basically we have um non non uh physical or like consciousness that's not um specifically yeah. based it's basically it's yes. it's, di- it's like a distributed consciousness yes and so it's kind of flowing yeah right but mm-hmm. you it, it will not you will not absorb and vice versa yeah while you're in this top-down very very focused state yes so anyway like the fact is it's philosophy- self and other so so yeah when when they're when we're in uh we are in sorry in a self-state of course it's much more inward looking In other state, it's more expansive, more looking outward. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you say that, it's like, that's what it, uh, it reminds me of. The self versus other part. Yeah, well, there's the ideas in mm-hmm. awakened consciousness. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, distinction. Mm-hmm. Like self and other, it's, it's, we're permeable. Like yeah. this, is, this is that why people feel connected it, through spirituality. Yes, it's it's totally. It's we're... we're We're all part of this one consciousness, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, w- you know, we were talking about, you know, what kind of happens when you are not focused on one specific thing and mm-hmm. you just have a, sort of a general consciousness, Yes, right? A lot of things come in yeah. and they feel like they're epiphanies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of where creativity tends to manage. Yeah. to manifest yeah and so like i was just going to say there's a long list of philosophers from centuries going back <laughs> millennia who have who have who've written like Sorry. you know they've advocated walking mm-hmm. for totally. the sake of productivity totally and totally. it's but it's not it's not walking to be productive mm-hmm. it's not directed mm-hmm. it's just well when i walk and then oh yeah that's when i happen to have good ideas which just is let it happen with yeah 
it's a it's sort of a release of an idea or because yeah there's waking life there's the waking life and the sleeping life and so i'm not going to open too much of that door but my assumption on this for the moment is um once we let go of control of something because when we do control and this the example we were giving it earlier about preventing the situations it's a bit of a form of a, a control we're trying to make sure that we know what to do in that specific scenario so <clears throat> i've got a I, I i drank something and i feel like i've got something in my throat but everyone's going to know my inner state but yeah and if i come back to that idea and there's the Hmm. Yeah. And there's the, the other part of it, which I am thinking about, like when we are too much in the control part, we will not consider different alternatives, the lateral thinking of creativity, thinking differently. So walking is actually taking space away from the control area, the in and where were you were talking about earlier focus hyper focus type of thing and considering alternatives so the only way to do that is actually to separate yourself from what you're doing in that moment mm -hmm. and letting things come considering something else and we can do only process stuff when we're truly calm so walking is a very calming experience unless you're in the middle of the city getting run no <laughs> but usually walking is a very calm experience yeah yeah uh, yeah and sometimes and does, sometimes uh, you need sometimes well at least i find i need i need more uh something that's uh, requiring a little bit more focus mm -hmm. to get out of the the sort of mental loops yes that are already running right yeah. that are already running yeah uh so you know it, it, walking is just too easy mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. and so you can get into these these loops that are not productive yeah right they're harmful yeah really. you're just like yeah, stressing yeah. And, 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 and turning stuff and you want to get away from that yeah so a lot of the time uh it'll require for me anyway um riding a bike outside totally and now i have to focus on being safe and where i'm going and the line and, and biking biking is that yeah. for yeah. me but we have to be honest we've been training to do stuff our all our life so right now looking at walking is not enough biking is well it just it just depends and it on, depends on the experience yeah it sometimes walking is plenty mm -hmm. but it, if if you know work stuff has been a particular way yeah it's not enough yeah it, it's like the measure has it, it we're talking about like scaling yeah so if work is really really just racking the brain yes it's going to take more if yeah. and that's it's a nice way to kind of do a check-in and it's mm. going to be different for everyone but if 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 before walking was enough to to feel calm and peaceful yeah and now it isn't yeah you can ask yourself why and usually it is rumination and stuff like that yeah then the worry is probably being fed a little bit too much yeah and trying to control yeah. but when we did want to discuss about fear <laughs> we so never compare notes <laughs> and it's funny because i think this is part of a process like we're gonna name the subject ponder upon it or at least let it let it come in and for me i, I always need like one guidepost and then i'm good that's that's yeah. my approach but 
and we end up like meeting each other and we you everyone experiment um, will experiment our combination of our two moments with but when i know where i where i was going with the fear thing like the actual physical biological part and the actual perception or psychological part but you what was your plan in the back of your mind when we you wanted to discuss fear the the thing that i, <clears throat> I kind of was hoping we would talk about what was like going back to ex, ex, like the benefits mm. of training to process fear ah, uh, going totally. back to my experience with mountain biking uh, which just seems in hindsight seems like it involved confronting fear so mm -hmm. just ev all the time yes and um and it's i struggled with it for sure like i knew i knew that what i was doing a lot of time was 99 psychological mm -hmm. like it, totally. it was it, it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly like if totally. you've, if you've executed a skill like um in snowboarding let's say for example mm -hmm. snowboarding uh let's say a backflip if you've mm -hmm. executed a backflip and you thought about how you want to do it and then you did it screwed up a couple times did it nailed it mm -hmm. okay now you know that your body your brain brain body can do that yes so now it's not okay it's not about whether you have the physical capability yeah it's about whether you can replicate and the, being consistent yeah it just well, execute it, and, again yeah so now it's no longer a physical thing mm -hmm. like as you get fatigued yeah it mm -hmm. will circle back to physical mm -hmm. so so now that's psychological. I, i agree with mountain bike if it's if we're talking about you know you, okay there's a period where i did a lot of dirt jumping mm -hmm. which is kind of high stakes totally uh dirt jumping and uh a street so mm -hmm. that's like B bmx style but mountain bike with massive consequences yeah like concrete and pavement and everything yeah um and then downhill yeah. and what we would kind of call enduro now i guess yeah so a lot of high consequence <laughs> uh aerial kind of things you know yeah. gaps and big drops and rocks and everything right and and i I, I certainly had to learn over time, you know, which days do I have what I need to mm. actually execute the harder stuff yeah. safely? Yeah. And which days do I need to like, just say no? Yeah. Like even, it doesn't matter how many friends are around or whatever, yeah. who's doing what that yeah. day. Um, I, I need to learn when I have it, but like before I send it. And it's something in the Vicky episode we talked about as yeah. well is the emergence of new boundaries. Like knowing your boundaries is yeah. very like knowledge of self is very important. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> being able to say no. Yes. To people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, I mean, in this case though, it's, uh, it's saying no to yourself. Mm -hmm. right? Who want to impress or be included or to provoke something in the people that are there or sometimes peer pressure. It, it can be. Yeah. But totally. I, you because, see a guy doing a yeah. double backflip that day. Yeah you're at least going to consider it. you're probably going to do your most burly In stuff when when at least one of your friends is around yeah realistically yeah um like if i think of street yeah and it like, depends on the athletes it depends on competition because yeah. it, it, again it can be strategy like i used to train the more difficult things alone because I didn't want people to know about it until I unveiled it in the competition. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's a strategy. Yeah. It's a strategy. Yeah. Well, it's funny too. Like dirt jumping and street uh, was non-competitive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was actually, but I mean, photography was part of it. Yeah. Uh, but non-competitive. Um, and and then you know the most burly stuff ever really that I did was after I stopped down and racing. Hmm. Um, that's when things got pretty crazy for sure. Um, with yeah, at our local place, Camp Fortune, actually. Yeah. The craziest thing I think I've ever done on a mountain bike was at Fortune. And uh, I think I did it. <laughs> Not surprised. I think I did it once. It was, really? Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, on a hardtail, I think. Oh. Um. Like crazy. But I mean, that was kind of, we had a crew there that was very, very, very good technically. Yeah. And, and like a bunch of my friends, a number of them were older than me and like more experienced in downhill, mm-hmm. you know, and that was already in the early 2000s at that point so um i think the what resonates with me through time right reverberates through time is i think back to like standing at the top of something a drop or whatever where the entry is incredibly precise Mm -hmm. you can't be three millimeters Mm -hmm. off and the landing is incredibly precise Mm -hmm. and you you can't overhype it you, you know, you can't, yep. you can't pull too much because you're scared mm-hmm. and you're overcompensating. Mm-hmm. You have to do it exactly right mm-hmm. or else you're going to be destroyed, you know? And, yeah. and I, I picture myself looking at that going, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's hundred percent. I know exactly how I'm going to do this Yeah, and not, and not being afraid because yeah. I knew, I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. Other times I can, I know there were some things that we wrote or attempted or whatever, where you, I, you look and go, I don't think today, like, I mm. don't think, I don't think I have it today yeah. to, to nail this. Yeah. And so like, I could convince myself kind of, but I really feel in the back of my head, like I shouldn't convince myself, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think I should listen to that. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't happen on day one. Nope. Because you have no reference point. No, you need to have, you need to screw up. Yeah. You need, to, and hopefully the screw ups happen while the consequences are lower. Yeah. Or lesser. Yeah. And as you get better, you know, your experience matches the consequence level. Totally. And you can make good decisions. So, totally. you know, that the fear, yeah. like the, the feeling of like, like, oh, mm. it's, I, mm, you know, kind of butterflies yeah. and stuff like that. You know, you go, I'm glad I have that. Totally. Like, I, I, I need that. That's because that's what I'm listening to. And that will, and that's the gut feeling. Yeah. Gut it feelings. Is. That's what it is. It's totally, that's what we call a gut feeling. And people, it's, uh, I want to send a message out there because I, gut feelings change upon our experience. Our gut feeling is not always right. Sometimes it's past wounds that generates fear. Uh, oh, I'm not going to trust that person because I've been hurt by another person, so for example. kind of like a shortcut to that. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a, it is a shortcut, but I don't ignore good feelings anyways. Yeah. Because it's, it's, a, it's an automatic check-in with yourself. Yeah. To say, you know what? Okay, if I'm actually have a feeling I shouldn't be doing this, what, what's that about? What's that about? Is this interoception? That's it. Yeah. That's it. And at that moment, this is a very useful thing. Like if yeah. you're a beginner, snowboarding, cycling, whatever, and even in the workplace, like if you have a feeling 
it, it's not a be all and all result. And it does change because your experience will change. But probably it's indicating to you that you've reached the limit of your experience that day. That's how I would I would I would phrase yeah. it. You've reached yeah. the limit of your That's experience good. that day. That's You're good. tired. Yeah. You were maybe never tired like this and being with your friend snowboarding. And now you're tired. Yeah. You did probably something you didn't anticipate. Today, I was tired. I was not on Zwift. My heartbeat, which I've been monitoring all winter, I'm doing stuff. And the, the data is no longer the same data. The experience is different. Mm -hmm. I am not the same as on the Zwift. That's okay to be listening to that. And say, because I was like, oh, I'm not going to push it too much to this first ride. Gonna, and then I see Matt. And then, you know what? I'm going to go. That for you. <laughs> you, took, you took care of it for me. <laughs> and it's like, it, it, and it was okay. I'm like, you know what? The worst thing I could do right now is say, oh, see ya, Matt. I'll, I decided that I would do my goal of going to Wakefield today. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt's telling me, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to save you a lot of water. And then he yeah. rides with me and he realizes I'm... You're I'm, riding in every puddle anyway. Every puddle anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's it. But fear is actually a useful emotion. Well, that's it. So, I'm, I mean, that's what I wanted to make sure we got to for sure. Yeah. Because I, I, I have observed, mm -hmm. I have just in my own yeah. life, um, folks, people who don't, don't have listen. any... No, no, they don't. Oh, they sorry. don't have yes. any, they, their relationship with fear is just negative. Mm -hmm. So well said. And, and, and it, and it, and that's where I go, oh man, like that's, that must be hard. That must be a really hard way to live mm -hmm. when every time you, you experience that feeling, yes. the gut level or the, the more, the more intense yeah. register like feeling of, of fear then it automatically goes negative mind state. Yes. Whereas our experience with fear is not that. No. It's not a lot of that stomach feeling a lot of mm -hmm. time is like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. You know, like, okay. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. I know that like yeah. at the start of a cyclocross yes. race, yes. you know, like if you get that, some of the time I would, I would, I would wonder like when I don't have that, is that actually good? Yeah. You know, like to be on. Yes. I probably totally had that feeling. More, why which, am I not? And the question was, was yeah. why don't I care more about this today? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be racing. Yeah. If I don't have that. Yeah. Maybe I'm too tired yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, or am I doing it for the right reasons? Yeah. That's always a chicken for Something me. like that. It's yeah. like, is this like a job today? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. or is yeah. this like, that. I'm here to have a good time and like, oh, this is like nervous excitement. Because automatically um, you're also producing the other stuff that you need inside of you. Yeah. Like if you're, because if you check in at that point and your answer is, am I here to have a good time or am I here to work? Yeah. Yeah. Because you can actually fix a part of it. Yeah. And then afterwards you end up, how, how many times did that happen to you? You end up performing better than you anticipated in the beginning because you checked in with yourself. Well, and you did say, you know what, I'm going to do this and it could be fun. This is a fascinating little little um, path here, arc, yeah. arc because um, what what I learned much later in my cycling racing life, and so having you know cross country and downhill, like you know and other mountain bike stuff, and then 
you know, no mountain bike racing for a long time, road yeah. racing, then back to mountain bike racing, cyclocross, all that stuff. Um, what I learned late in the game, really late, like when I was racing cyclocross, and um, cyclocross was sort of marketed, you could say, as the sport of suffering. Yes, like the house oh, totally. Of, the house of suffering. Oh my Isn't gosh. Isn't it so awesome how <laughs> suffering it is? And, and, you know, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's how it is, and that's cool. All right. Um, but then I found myself, um, in a race, a local series race one day, uh, I was winning the race out, I maybe outright overall, mm-hmm. not just my category, master, whatever, whatever it was, I was winning and I was also wanting to quit. Yeah. I'm like, mm, what, 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 <laughs> like, I, you know, like this sucks. Are yes. you kidding? Like yes. you can be winning and also being like kind of like trying to fabricate a reason to quit the race at the same time. But that's time. resentment, eh? It's well, resentment towards something. Right. Okay. So accumulated anger and frustration. What I learned. Yeah. And and I, I'm not and I don't deny that. Yes. But what I totally. learned was that when okay. you when you introduce adrenaline into your your brain. Yeah. You block your neuroreceptors. Yeah. For endorphins. Yeah. Totally. So now Agri- what yes. you've done is you've open the door for negative mm-hmm. uh ideation mm-hmm. and you've closed the door for positive yeah you can't positively evaluate what you're doing now nope what's left there's only room left for negative yeah how much does this suck well of course it hurts like racing cyclocross well for everybody hurts mm-hmm. like even the best like the, it's lactic acid like mm-hmm. the lot like it physically hurts i'm convinced that and that never cycle cross but I, i believe that it it has to hurt like yeah. the whole thing the yeah, learning yeah. curve is if you're not hurting you're not trying hard enough mm-hmm. and like even feeling like vomiting and everything like it is oh really gosh. really hard if you're if you're trying to do your physical limit yeah not everybody does and that's cool like different strokes for different folks in that moment when i was like okay, I want to quit, but I'm winning. I'm doing this wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing this sport wrong actually, mm-hmm. because that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like clearly like that's, that, there's no way that the best in the world are trying, I want to quit when they're winning. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with how I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And I learned that adrenaline, um, introducing adrenaline uh, created that, that, yeah. that dynamic. So then I had to learn how do I avoid the adrenaline um, in, until maybe late in a race mm-hmm. and then bring it in tactically totally so that's a strategy yeah so so then what i had to do was figure out how i could start races fast enough yeah uh without relying on adrenaline yep don't don't get adrenaline going mm-hmm. and i i learned over the course of two maybe years how to do that yeah in all the races that i did so i would so that means that at the start i would need to be like really calm mm-hmm And I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I, I'm trying to not have a, a, any kind of emotional response. Yeah. I'm super calm, super cool. Yet I still have to start really hard. Mm-hmm. So I have to start, you know, it's going to hurt in that, but I have to know that I'm doing something that's going to work better. Yeah. Later, later in the race. Totally. And that's what it will do. Yeah. And so I, ha- you know, so had to learn that. Um, so that's, You know, in downhill, it was difficult because you're nervous and like it's dangerous. 
you need to be kind of hyped mm-hmm. actually because it's mm-hmm. going to be so intense mm-hmm. but also you need to be really calm yeah and i i struggle with breathing in downhill mm-hmm. i held my breath a lot mm-hmm. so sense. i'd be doing and this is not uncommon mm-hmm. actually for athletes yeah, so i'm sure so you do a section like i've seen i've seen actually videos where this was monitored yeah and it's like you do the hardest section and the rider be holding their breath the whole time yeah and and that really messes up your brain yeah because you're oxygen starved yeah um and then you make a mistake and crash right so i i was like i gotta make sure i'm breathing i don't want to be too hyped because i'm gonna go like too hard off the start i need to be hyped enough Mm -hmm. you know you'd be yawning from adrenaline yeah and be like okay that's too much yeah like it was great it was so and literally hypermentalizing at that point it's like too much and you were doing it in spite of your in spite of you it was so hard it's hard it, this is the downhill racing was the hardest psychologically yeah the hardest it, easily the hardest thing i've ever done and i remember i like a few weeks ago i watched an interview with erin gwen where they were talking about this indirectly but saying like you're so calm it's you're you you're so calm so i believe some athletes have a leg up on this yeah uh, we're yeah. not all created the no, same no. and i wasn't going to i was going to say not equal but i went i wanted to mean not the yeah. same yeah because i think if we understand we use the we use a little bit of your method to understand our limitations our strengths and to be able to put that bundle together and have a good performance yeah and not every discipline is for everyone no and that's only something and that's that, that's okay that's okay it's something that maybe totally. it's going to take a long time to yeah. to learn yeah and like i i couldn't know uh at 19 20 the downhill wasn't really the discipline for me no um i had to like i'm actually a slow twitch athlete mm. i'm an endurance guy <laughs> i was yes. way i had way more explosivity back then because i did it so much more yeah and even for dirt jumping you do you do full totally. accelerations over and over again all day. totally you know like hit exercise on steroids exactly and you just do it you know all day yeah. and so i was good at that but you know it wasn't really my strength as an athlete i've always been more of a long a long endurance guy yeah and so when it you know enduro was very very much just an idea yeah as i was getting out of downhill racing yeah and i knew oh that's what would be Good my ticket yeah like i would love that that's perfect you start you don't start at full intensity yeah. and it's longer yeah and so it's a better fit for for mm-hmm. me um but it didn't develop enough soon enough yeah it didn't really get going yeah, yeah. for the another synchronicity yeah yeah totally it was the, a mismatch in timing for yeah. me yeah um but and I, you know, I agree you would have yeah. been a great enduro yeah rider, i'm sure yeah i well yeah i mean if i didn't kill myself doing it <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah. well who the hell knows right yeah, yeah that, in a, that's it. That's in a it. perfect world yeah, i would have been world. so good everything yeah. would have gone so great who knows right no no but it's yeah. just a great reflection or expression of who you are of your experience it would have been like yeah yeah it would have should have da, 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 da. i'm not gonna do that yeah. but still yeah, yeah I, i agree with you with your assessment of uh the mountain bike facet of cycling yeah so longer mountain bike rides are great mm-hmm. or, or races too mm-hmm. uh because you know they just you you don't you don't have to start crazy hard yeah. you don't have to to leverage adrenaline no you want to be really calm and flowing and yes. smooth and yes like, you know really use your your energy smart mm-hmm. you know intelligently 
and and that's great yeah. right so yeah it's 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 fascinating to see how um you know those those bodily states right yeah um manifest in the different disciplines and how over time maybe you can learn well the better fit for me is something where you you're not jacked yeah right um, yeah totally and, and no wonder like a like red bull makes a ton of money there yeah and, and snowboarding, and it makes sense. Yeah. I have to admit, like sometimes when you're not able to generate because you've been doing it too much, you need external stimuli. I guess so. So guess no so. wonder the yeah. Red Bull and Monster drinks perform well yeah. or at least hit their market there. And that's a great understanding of business, by the way. Yeah. Just, just know who your crowd is, who your niche is, and cater to them. But it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Like waiting for half an hour before doing a run yeah and then you explode yeah energetically i mean yeah like and you have to be calm and but be explosive at the same time yep so you need to not freak out yeah and be able to produce train don't freak yeah so yeah the fact is (laughs) in in real life you know sometimes there are scenarios where you got to do the same thing yeah don't freak out produce strength that's it and maybe it's physical maybe it's not physical yeah but don't freak out. Be strong. Yeah. Do what you need to do. <laughs> I love that. That's a good segue, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much, man. Thank like, you. this is a great conversation. I love our conversations and I, I like, I hope people enjoy it as well. Uh, but you guys out there, like, we're like, feel free to do, let us know. Give us your feedback as usual. And a few people have been reaching out to us a little bit. So I'm glad that you are. And if there's a subject you want us to discuss and we can, and you believe we're credible enough to have an informed opinion, feel free to let us know. Thank you, Matt Search. Thanks, LP. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Ciao. Ciao. LP here. Thank you, Matt, for just the calmness the softness and strength of your conversation today i'm so glad that we got to um share with you one take it's one take of fear so as you heard in this conversation we've we were trying to keep um a linear approach and it was difficult because all the the questions that would get evoked by our conversations on fear, fear can is a, is it's a basic emotion, but it it plays out in infinite ways. So I think there's many other conversations to come on fear. Um, again, thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm so grateful for each and one each and every one of you listening out there. Um, Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for encouraging us. We're uh, we're very appreciative of uh, of everyone listening and maybe liking it or hating it uh, or anything in between. So guys, feel free to comment. Send us your feedback. We want to serve all of you out there. So don't be afraid. Um, look us up on Instagram at a cyclosomatic on Instagram. I'm uh, LP Landry underscore Overcome Cafe on Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook at LP Landry Overcome Cafe on Insta uh, on TikTok, LP Landry underscore Overcome Cafe on TikTok. 
we also have our DM therapist segments that you might want to check out if you're looking for uh, solutions to relational problems. So again, grateful, very, very proud to have the chance to share this with everyone out there. I'm LP Landry. I'm your host of Overcome Cafe, Tales of Mind, Body, and Relationships. <laughs>